670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It is 9.06, and uh, we're just waiting for the governor to show up again this morning. (laughs) Just kidding. The governor is here. Madison, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You are fine. Quit beating yourself up. I understand miscommunication happens sometimes. Governor, uh, great to have you back. I think the last time we talked to you um, was at the beginning of the year, right before the legislative session got underway. And we'll start things off with the legislature. We're going to get to a few different things, and uh, we appreciate you being with us for about 45 minutes. We're going to get to the the border. We're going to get to other things going on. But I want to start with the legislative uh, session. Uh, I know it's been over for a little while. Uh, but let's start with your impressions of this week, this year's legislative session. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being good, 1 being bad, um, as far as meeting your goals, hopes, and dreams and what you wanted the legislature to do this year, how well did they do? Well, when you look at the session and, and the way it's covered, uh, a lot of the stuff happens right at the end. Uh, but, you know, it starts with me giving my state of the state and giving them a list of things that I think we called it our Idaho first plan that we needed to get done. Uh, infrastructure, uh, property tax relief, um, education investments, uh, uh, the launch program. And 99, you can argue about it, but 98 to, 99 to 99% of what I had on my list got done. Now there was... Other things were added, but that's my job. Uh, the Constitution says that I present uh, the state of the state to the legislature and make the budget requests. It's so much different than the federal government or many other states to where they just throw the governor's budget and the governor's request out and don't do anything. Uh, I said $120 million in ongoing tax relief. We got 116 or 17 and then the legislature took some surplus eliminator and added more money to it. So I got my tax relief through, uh, huge investments in, in teacher pay, public education. Uh, we got that done. And then a transformation of what we do, what we make available to kids after they graduate from high school for career technical, uh, that, that was a whole new program. That was a pretty heavy lift, but we, we got it done. Right. So, so, and and then all the infrastructure investments we made, uh, roads, water, sewer, uh, bridges that needed to be kept up. We got all that done, and there wasn't a lot of publicity about it. The publicity was about the bills kind of stacked up towards the end. So would that be a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10? It was pretty close to it. <laughs> all right. Was there, was there anything at all that was that was on your list of things you wanted that was basically just ignored or they didn't have time to get well, to Well, I don't think like they that. ignored it. I wanted to, uh, you know, given the uncertainty in the economy, I wanted to pay down more of our debt. And we've done a good job. We got, uh, we paid, a, we don't have any uh, state long-term debt, but with some of the bonds that were out there, I wanted to pay more of that off mm-hmm. and I didn't get that done. That was the only thing that really, uh, in, we can, if, if our but, econ- economy but, keeps doing well, we'll be able to do it. But progress was at least made on that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, we've talked uh, a lot about budget over the last couple of years and uh, surplus budgets. Um, based on what's happening with the uh, national economy, and it looks like uh, inflation might be slowing down, but we still have a high inflation rate as of right now. Are we still looking at, at budget surpluses, or is that starting to balance out? I, I, I'm, I'm looking at Madison. Uh, we released, did we release it this morning, Madison? Well, our our oh, so this know, is breaking news. This is in <laughs> fact breaking news. That's why I looked at her to make sure I didn't get in trouble. Uh, uh, but you know, April's obviously the big tax month. Mm-hmm. That's when our revenue came in, and we we were frankly a little nervous about it. But we met our numbers. We met our numbers in in April, and so uh, the surplus eliminator that the legislature is adding on to property taxes is we're going to fulfill that. And, you know, my goal, because I, we've kind of changed the way we do things in Idaho, is that we forecast a surplus for five years out. We don't do, you know, year-to-year things that if we pass a bill that costs money, right. we put it into the budget for the next five years. So, uh, really, I mean, compared to the federal government and all the other states, we're doing really well. We know the economy slowed down a little bit. So. Yeah, we exceeded... April, which is our big month, by $10 million. So that's good. So we're still in good shape. Yes. Mm-hmm. Back during the session, you did sign the abortion trafficking bill into law. That was the one where uh, Governor Inslee of Washington uh, asked you or to, to at least consider not signing it. And uh, it's the first of its kind. Why, first of all, did you uh, sign it? And and how often do you get input from other governors? Uh, well, some we talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the the point of writing unsolicited kind of, input. How yeah, often do you get unsolicited yeah, that's input? That, that that actually is a good point because uh, you know all during COVID, uh, every time I'd go, uh, you know, north of Lewiston or north, everybody up there just complained about what was taking place in Washington. Uh, you know, the whole state just got besieged by you know their their parks were closed down, their golf courses were closed down. The real estate business was closed down. The car dealerships, the car repair shops were all closed down. They weren't asking you to do something about it. Were they? Well, well, the people up there were complaining that everybody from Washington was coming over uh, to Idaho to to golf, to go out to our parks, uh, restaurants, to do construction. Uh, all of those things were, you know, a a big issue. And perhaps a couple times I did. Matter of fact, I think one time I said that. Uh, during the early days of COVID that I was going to require people in the state of Washington to have a visa, I kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, and the crowd went crazy. They wanted me to do that because uh, because of the restrictions in Washington. Tell them to bring their visa or their MasterCard, either one. <laughs> Every, everybody was coming to Idaho, and uh, but that was unsolicited. But all we're saying is if a, a juvenile is going to go across state lines uh, that they have to have their guardian or parent's permission. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all that does. So on this same subject, a while after this all happened, you very nicely wrote a letter, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, telling the uh, Washington governor to go pound sand. Um, that's my that's my phrasing, by the way, not yours. Um, did you get any response from that letter no. telling him to mind his own business? No, and, and Governor Inslee is... Uh, announced that he's not going to run again. I, he and I are about as different as you can be. I mean, uh, whether it's taxes, whether it's regulation, whether it's restrictions, 
uh, it's like every time you come to a fork in the road, uh, Jay goes to the left and I go to the right, and I don't think that's going to change. Whales, by the way, was the best answer I got as to why somebody would leave Idaho and move to Washington. <laughs> Uh, let's killer, talk killer whales. Let's talk a little bit about um, the property tax bill that ended up getting passed because that is one of the bills that you did veto. It got bipartisan support, easily passed both the House and the legislature. Yet you vetoed it. Ended up getting overridden. What was the reason for your veto? Well, uh, it, of course, you read my and memorized my veto letter, didn't you? Oh, of I, course, of course. Uh, That's all I do when well, I go home at night. Well, there were there, there were. <laughs> That was a 25-page bill. It it came at the end of the session, and as often as the case, and this isn't uh, this isn't real new. Uh, major tax legislation happens the last day, and if you're for property taxes, you only have one choice. And as because uh, I presented to the legislature a property tax bill that was simple. Let's just give everybody let's. Take $120 million out of your sales tax and income tax and lower people's property taxes. And there was an agreement about it, but they added a whole bunch of things onto that. And as a result of when, when I vetoed it, the Senate wrote a bill that was totally lined up with what my objections were. It messed up how we paid for roads. We could not have issued the bonds to continue to do the work on Highway 16 in uh, the the freeway at Pocatello, up at Coeur d'Alene, all over the state, these projects would have stopped had that legislation passed uh, without being changed. I vetoed it. The Senate wrote a bill and passed a bill that I was in total agreement with. They sent it back over to the House. And in the House's defense, they jealously guard their tax writing uh priority right in the constitution tax legislation has to start in the house of representatives uh and and that was a lot of it it was just the interplay between the house and senate about we're the only ones that can do tax policy but as a result of my veto they had to pass three new bills and six different appropriation bills to make up for what i i won't call them errors but the deficiencies in that bill so i got what i wanted you know obviously i'd just soon not being have to veto it. O- o- overridden, but at the net, at the end of the day, the the issues I brought up: how do we pay for public defense? Uh, how how do we uh, bond for these big road projects? And how do we pay for these road projects? And the one thing that didn't get in it is they took out the March election date, which I would have preferred stayed. But uh, overall, I still got what I proposed in the state of the state. We're going to talk about that March election date, by the way, when we come back. We need to take a break here. Governor Brad Little with us uh, once again this morning. Reminder that coming up here, uh, afternoons at the bottom of the hour, we'll uh, take about 10 minutes this morning, and you get a chance to ask the governor questions if you would like. Our phone lines will be open. First time in uh, since I've been doing this job four years ago, we've actually had listeners on our show get to ask you questions. Um, I I hope Ma- Madison told you that, right? She did warn that? Ha, <laughs> Uh, we'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to start getting in line to ask the governor questions, uh, you can go ahead and do that right now. More with Governor Brad Little on the way.
Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921, once again, we're talking with Governor Brad Little uh, once again today. And uh, Governor, before we move on um, to your um, expected vacation at our southern border here that you've announced uh, in a couple of weeks, um, you had mentioned something before we went to break, and I just wanted to ask you uh, part of... Um, the bill that you were upset about was moving the primary um, out of March, getting rid of the March primary. Um, I, I, I got to ask you, is there, or a March, March election, sorry. I, I got to ask you another thing that we have heard over the last week or so, that we don't have a presidential primary next year. Is that true? Are we going to have a presidential primary? I, I would assume so. Uh, there was actually a bill that just didn't get heard. Uh, the the first bill uh, did away with the march, and then there was another bill behind it that would put something back in its place, maybe have it in May, and it just never got heard. So in essence, uh, you're correct. Right now, uh, it will literally be up to the party. They'll have to have a caucus. They'll have to have something, uh, the Republican Party, uh, to select a candidate. Uh, I, I've been having conversations uh, I think either A, uh, there'll be a special session, either one that I call or one the legislature, because now they have the ability to call themselves back in. I p- obviously prefer mine because if they're, if we're going to have a special session, say, here's the bill, here's what we're going to do, everybody can look at it ahead of time, the public can see it, they show up and vote on it, and then we'll put a, a an election back in. But uh, the, I have not had anybody... Uh, of significant enough authority to say, here's the votes and right. we have the bill, because right. there's a diff- difference of opinion at this point. What by. would be your preference? When would you like to? Well, I, of course, I we we've done both. Uh, I it depends upon what all the other states do. I want the people of Idaho to have their voice in who the candidates are. The May date that we already have in Idaho seems to be late. Now, if they move, which my preference would be, they move all the other ones back and then people, when we show up, the problem with having a March and a May election is after people vote in March, they don't show up in May and people need to show up to vote and having those elections that close to each other tends to lower participation and I think it's critical that people participate in our democratic republic. Let's talk uh, about the news of the day. Title 42 ends at midnight tonight. You announced that uh, you, along with uh, some Idaho State Police troopers, will be headed to uh, Texas. And yours, your trip is more to stop uh, drugs coming across the border. What can you and Idaho State Police um, specifically do? Is this more of a fact-finding mission? Or are they going to have specific jobs trying to stop that? Well, we did this before. Uh, we, we went to Arizona, and really the mission is that our drug interdiction uh, professionals at, at the state police uh, work hand-in-hand with uh, law enforcement at the border to try and identify uh, how fentanyl in particular, but uh, any illicit uh, uh, materials, are coming into Idaho, and how do we identify what What's the trafficker look like? What is, where do they hide the, the drugs? Uh, you know, how do they try and disguise them? 
how do you profile a person that's a that's a, a real uh, uh, drug dealer? And and what do we do to skill up? Uh, first off, the state police, and then they come back and help with the sheriffs and the local police uh, to where we can do the best job possible to stop the uh, growing threat of fentanyl in particular into the state of Idaho and, and then stop the number of people it's killing and the number of people that are getting addicted. So it's mainly uh, a drug interdiction uh, will be assisting uh, the Texas uh, Department of Public Safety, but we'll also be learning. And I know last time uh, the state police told me that they learned a lot while they were down there. How long will the state police I think two weeks. be there? Two weeks? One week. One week. One month. One month. Okay. We had a listener who wrote, he want, wrote in, he wants to know uh, how many state police personnel will be going. He would like to know uh, the total cost of uh, all of it to the Idaho taxpayer and whether the legislature authorized it or not. Well, I, I told the legislature I was going to do it. So it was no, and, it's, and in fact, the legislature authorized a new interdiction team of drug specialists. That was an appropriation uh, that went through the process. So uh, they they are totally aware of it. And, uh, you know, this team of specialists and Captain Kemp from up in Coeur d'Alene, who's kind of the, has been the, our lead uh, state policeman on drug interdiction, uh, it's his team that work under him. So I asked and the legislature gave me uh basically the appropriation for the state police to have a specific drug interdiction team, and this is about educating them. Do you know the, the cost of it for Idaho? Uh, well, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at what the appropriation was, but this is a year-round. This is, this is specific training mm-hmm. for that group of, of uh, law enforcement personnel to hone their skills to be better at what they do to uh, do drug interdiction. He also wanted to know, do you know what percentage of people who are stopped at the border have fentanyl on them? Well, it's, I mean, it's a whole combination. The real issue right now is there's so much chaos, as you're going to see on the news today and tomorrow, that doing their job, whether it's a, a truck coming across, whether it's a car, whether it's individuals smuggling it, there's so much chaos. The cartels control the border on the Mexican side. The drug cartels, two in particular, uh, and and that's undeniable. And that chaos is what allows them to bring it in through a variety of different ways. Governor Brad Little with us once again. We're going to take a break. We've got news coming up here next. We have one phone line open out of all of our lines. So if you have a question for the governor for the next segment, we're going to take your questions as long as they come in. Here's your chance to do it: two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 935-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We are trying to get through to ask a question. Uh, just keep trying to get through. Phone lines are open right now uh, for people to ask uh, Governor Brad Little questions. First time we've ever had a chance to do that. So for the uh, next 10 minutes, we're going to let you ask questions. We'll get to as many as we can. Danny in Donnelly, thanks for being patient this morning. Uh, you're on with Governor Brad Little. What's your question? Hi, um, I'm a person that's on Social Security disability, 
and I get a small uh, supplement from the state of Idaho of $33 a month, and it's been the same amount uh, for about the last 10 years or so. It's never gone up. I just wondered, uh, since almost all the states have a supplement, it's uh, quite a bit more than Idaho's. I just wonder when Idaho's ever going to kick down a little bit more money for uh, disabled people and uh, help keep up with inflation. Well, well, Danny, we have, uh, you know, matter of fact, I was visiting with some of the people from the uh, disabilities office about the services we provide. I, I'm not familiar with a bolt-on, an add-on that we do onto the federal Social Security, uh, but I, I will check on it, but that's new to me. Thank you for the call, Danny. Uh, ben in Boise, you're on News Talk KBOI. What's your uh, question for the governor? Hello, Ben. Did we lose Ben? I'll put him back on hold. Maybe he'll He's come back. Ben and gone. Uh, Spider in Eagle. Spider, is that your real name? Yes, sir. All right, Spider. What's your question for the governor? I was just curious, for this deployment of officers and military that are going down to Mexico, what is the length of this deployment? One month. And it won't change at all? No, uh, that uh, that's the way it's scheduled and and uh our your idaho department of uh, uh state police is in contact i was with uh, uh colonel wills yesterday and lieutenant uh, colonel sheldon and uh they're in uh you know because this is training for our new uh drug interdiction team that the legislature passed so this is really a, a and we Obviously, we want to be of assistance uh, to the state of Texas. Uh, but if you're concerned about uh, drugs coming into Idaho, uh, you go to the source, and that's that. It, the border's the source. Thank you for the call, Spider. Um, qu- question for you: As you say, this is part of the uh, new training. What can they learn by being there at the border that will help them here in Idaho? Well, when we when they went to Arizona year before last, uh, they came back, and I had a a good visit with uh, many of them. And they learned a lot. They learned, you know, how do you hide it in a truck? How do you hide it in a gas tank? How do you hide it in a car? Uh, what what do these uh, uh, traffickers look like? How do you profile them? Uh, they learned a lot. And, uh, you know, we'll have an arrest every, you know, couple, three weeks. They have, they have arrests down there multiple times a day. So they just learn so much more uh, by by being there and being with the people that are on the front line of, of trying to stop drug interdiction before it comes into Idaho. Once again, we're with Governor Brad Little taking your phone calls this morning. Uh, Tom in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, just a <clears throat> quick question on the windmill issue. An alternative way to go is anybody ever thought about, instead of the tall windmills, attaching the windmills to all the Idaho power lines that go all the way across the straight state? The infrastructure's already there. The, the mounting is already there. Just run the, mount the windmill to the, all the high-tension power lines that go all over the state instead of starting a new wind, windmill farm. Well, thank, you, thank you for the call, Tom. I, I know power's in the uh, uh, business of providing, uh, and they're a regulated utility, uh, of providing uh, power to the people of Idaho and the businesses of Idaho. I would assume if it was profitable, somebody would propose it. I haven't seen it elsewhere 
what's happening in the wind turbine business is they're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, these new ones are 900 feet tall that they're proposing, and they produce uh, three and a half megawatts. That's the nameplate on them. Uh, the old, the ones you see if you go up and down uh, the interstate between here and Twin Falls or or Burley, uh, those are are only half the production of these, and these are huge, big wind turbines. I think there's 40 truckloads of concrete in the base of each one of wow. them. So if you put a uh, uh, a a big blade on a utility pole, it'll probably blow over. <laughs> something we need or something we don't need. Well, I mean, the our utilities they submit to the regulatory uh, their proposal for the next twenty years, and it's no secret that for the most part we're going to reduce our reliance on coal and increase our reliance on solar and wind. But the question is what do you do when the sun's not shining, the wind's not blowing? So whether it's whether it's batteries, whether it's uh, hydropower, whether it's uh, – there has to be something to balance it out, and that's really the big question now, that everybody's has, doing. Has the wind ever stopped blowing here? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> here in Boise, you, what, Nampa, it doesn't. You, you, you go to Pocatello, it doesn't. So. Uh, question – I just want to, before we move on to a, another listener question, because we talked about the Lava Ridge – project it, it seems like all of idaho leadership you're on the record as being against it all our senators our legislators um it sounds like are all against it and yet it seems like it's going on um why do we even have approval process it, it, because people are saying hey i drove by this and they're already laying the lines to get this done we've had some callers say is that happening is this is this still under approval or is this pretty much a foregone conclusion it's going to be put in well it's all on blm ground so it's actually up to the department of interior and the blm so uh, we and that and that state has no say well that that was our letter was to the uh, secretary of interior uh that the congressional delegation of myself and lieutenant governor bedke wrote was uh you know there's a process a, a NEPA process by where they're supposed to gather information and we do, we don't think they've been listening right uh, back to the phone lines. Ben in Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Ben. Hey, Governor, I have kind of a three-part question, but it's only one. Do we have any, any of, of the illegals here in mass quantity? Well, uh, and if so, why? And if so, are we going to ship them out to a blue state? Because they're the ones that really want them, this thank, whole deal. Thank you for the call, Ben. Well, well I assume, well, I'm certain uh, that there's... Uh, undocumented uh, individuals, and frankly, uh, there's a lot of them uh, that from uh, many countries. Uh, a lot of the people that are here that are not fully legal are people that came on a, a work visa, a student visa, a, uh, and that's why the Congress needs to address this issue. It's it just screams. Uh, for a change in how we do things. And the one thing I do know is it's for certain it's in the Constitution that, that it's the responsibility of the federal government and not the states. We don't provide any benefits for people that are not here legally in Idaho. And uh, obviously you can get you can get arrested, but the the immigration service won't come and pick them up. Can Idaho agriculture operate without them? Uh, if they continue, there's a program, a legal program, to where they get H, the H-2A program, 
and there's a lot of H-2A workers in Idaho, the, the solution, comprehensive immigration, is to expand the H-2A program and then create an incentive to where there aren't people coming in here undocumented. Daniel, New Meadows, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. What's your, governor, uh, what's your question for the governor? Hey, good morning, Governor. My name is Daniel. I'm calling you from a little town of New Meadows. As you mentioned before about failing infrastructure, I happen to be in one of those little communities, a town of about 500 people. Uh, we have our failing sewer and water system. Uh, we currently have a water project underway, but the cost of that water project is being passed down to the residents of the town. Is there any more state money that would be available that we wouldn't have to go through federal and would that money come without stipulations? Well, Daniel, let me, I'll try and briefly answer this. Uh, we've always had a program in Idaho where we help uh, uh, you, municipalities, cities, uh, put in their sewer and water projects. Uh, we've, I put in a significant amount of new money. Some of it's general fund, some of it's federal money. Uh, that's going to continue to be the case. Obviously, uh, we want those systems to be efficient, and we want them to work, and so there are some standards, uh, but the Department of Environmental Quality has grants uh, that go to communities. Uh, last year, I put $400 million into uh, funding uh, available for municipalities, and I can't remember. I think New Meadows is on the list, is one of the, uh, one of the communities that's on the list. And otherwise, and the way it usually is, is if you have to put in a new sewer system, they raise your sewer and water rates, and then you pay for it as it's not property taxes, but it's a it's a fee that you pay as a homeowner there. Scott in Meridian, what's your question for the governor? I want to start by thanking governor for your strong conservative leadership and for cutting red tape, cutting taxes. You've done such a good job that all these new people are moving in. How does the state of Idaho prepare for growth? Well, we'd... We are victims of our own success. Uh, some of these things I do, I when I get through doing them, and, and I pat myself on the back and talk about all the great things that are happening. Uh, matter of fact, I <laughs> spoke to a group of journalists from all over the nation the other day, and I said uh, I talked about what was going on and what we we're doing for parks, and what we're doing for water, and what we're doing for lowering taxes. And I says, and please go home and tell people not to move to Idaho. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Scott. Uh, Joe in Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. What's your question for the governor? Good morning, Governor. First, I want to thank you for your leadership as well. You're a big reason that my wife and I are relocated from a blue state. And on that topic, in California, lane filtering has been legal for motorcyclists. I've been a biker for over 42 years. It has saved my life twice at least. If you could be provided empirical objective data showing that lane filtering, and not the way they do it in California at 80 or 90 miles an hour, but like in the traffic jam I was caught in this morning where there was a stop, if you could be shown that lane filtering can save biker lives and provide a benefit, is that something that you would consider? Now, now that's where you can, uh, if you're in a motorcycle, you can pass cars without necessarily changing lanes, just in, in, the, in the median between? Um, in California, you're not allowed to go on the um, shoulder, but like if you're in a traffic jam or something, uh, you can go down the center of the lanes, and most of the drivers have been 
used to it for years, so they'll open up and let the cycle go through. I personally would never filter it more than 10 miles an hour because I think it's just it's just stupid and dangerous. Um, and I'm an old biker, so you don't get that way by being an idiot. Joe, but, I, I, I have to say, and thank you for the question, and, we'll, and I appreciate the call, um, and then we'll let the governor, but I have to say, you just said that you moved from a blue state, California, to come here, and now you want to have a California law added to Idaho. That's not the reason you moved here, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, I, I mean, if it's code change, I, I assume uh, what Joe was saying is illegal here. And if it's code change, then the legislature has to look at it and have to go through the transportation committees on both sides and say, you know, this is a change in the current laws. You know, I've been uh, stuck in traffic and had motorcycles go by me. I, I guess I didn't realize they were doing it illegally. So, yeah. um, so Joe, it sounds like you need to uh, talk to your legislator thank you for the call appreciate it um we are more than up on time um madison i apologize i said you i'd had you have you guys out of here about three minutes ago but governor brad little thanks for taking time with us this morning thanks for uh agreeing to taking some questions um and appreciate you coming in here this morning my pleasure enjoy the donuts yeah madison thank you i know that was all you kby news time nine forty nine.